Rolling. Rolling. Yes, rolling smoothly over a grassy field. <laughs> Sounds like cyclocross. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't sound like cyclocross. No one rolls smoothly. You bump along. <laughs> over a it depends on what your bumpy, what your tire crappy field. Tire... <laughs> it depends on what your tire pressure is and which in which field it is. That's true. Very true. I was, I mean, I was just at uh, uh, Midnight Rider Cyclocross here in New England, and which is an excellent event. Yes, it's an excellent event. Night races are great. It is a very smooth field as fields go. It is actually you don't bump that's too quite much. true. Yeah, there's a, there's like one bumpy section and it's not so bad. Um, but I st- I had my tire pressure too low. Uh, I folded I folded a tubular Ooh. on a turn. Yeah, uh, which is not you know I mean like that sounds really bad. I mean it just means that you know the tire changes shape suddenly. Right. But if if you're on like an off camber, like downhill corner and your tire is a challenge chicane and it folds, uh, <laughs> you're boned. <laughs> yeah, like that usually is a uh, crash worthy. Yeah, that's because uh, <laughs> once those side knobs aren't like embedded in the grass anymore, <laughs> you're 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 toast. Yeah, that's, that's no kind of the interesting knobs. thing about tubulars. And one thing I learned the hard way when I switched over to tubulars because I think I I did it kind of late in the game because uh, I raced on mm-hmm. clinchers for a long time and I got really used to how those handled. And so when I started racing on tubulars, I actually started cornering worse. Because tubulars have this funny thing where it's like they hold and they hold and they bend really well, but when they give, they just break away. They give hard. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and it's, you know, they feel great because they're 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 so soft and supple. Oh, and yeah. You'll still get bounced around when it's bumpy, but you're like, oh, this is so great and it feels so awesome. Um but you know the the downside of that is yeah you can't you can't feel that transition as easily when it's starting to go like I was I went around a, a turn at practice a few weeks ago too fast and I had some clinchers on that then because it was practice it was like a Michelin mud too and that was sort of like I felt the front tire the front tire I felt the front tire start to go and I was like uh, uh, and I tried to save it and I failed but it's like I could totally feel that going for a long time it was like oh this is gonna suck oh, it's kind of uh, funny because Michelin Mud Twos are like my probably one of my favorite tires ever yeah they're really good actually I only just got uh, a pair they came with my pit bike when I bought that I, <laughs> my B bike I enjoy them greatly they're a very good all around tire they run really well in all conditions in surprisingly you wouldn't think they would do as well in really thick mud as they do but they just like the knobs are perfectly positioned and they clear really well and i i just i've ridden them for years i love them and i probably should have sold this back when michelin was sponsoring us <laughs> yeah yeah you totally should. i mean i guess it was road season then yeah so. yep oh yeah by the way this is the honest bicycle program oh yeah uh, we I'm, forgot I'm to Greg. tell you that uh i'm francis yeah, I- Yes, and uh, Mario is indisposed. We will hear from him later. Uh, he's he's going to make an appearance, uh, but uh, unfortunately, he cannot be with us live, uh, which is too bad, really. It's it's uh, my yeah, fault. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, In- entirely so. my fault. It's it's uh, it's actually true. Shame, shame. Gotta gotta work uh, for the peoples. It's it's true. <laughs> yeah, gotta work, gotta work to eat, gotta eat to live. Yep. Yep. Something something. I think, <laughs> I think it was Aladdin who said, "Gotta steal to eat, gotta eat to live." <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's. I I guess not wrong. <laughs> <In> some <laughs> situations. 
steal what you can steal what you can so yeah tires tires are good i don't think we're going to talk too much more about tires um, but yeah tubulars <laughs> they feel different i could talk about tires forever uh that's sli- that's because you're a cyclocross but, but i won't but i won't i, I will spare I could all do of the, you <laughs> i could do the same thing believe me i love tires it'd be so so easy well that's why okay last thing on tires that's why you know people will say like oh tubeless it's exactly like now you can go low and stuff like that and it's like well tubeless tires are fine and all but they are not not the same no i mean it's uh, it's you know it's a casing thing and it's a tpi thing and i mean like i love my tubeless tires for um for mountain biking um for sure that's that's where it's at um but yeah for cross it's it's a different ball game it's a different ball game. i mean it's fine well i just for example i have the tubeless version of the specialized terra and i have the tubular version of the specialized terra because i liked the tubeless version so much and you could you can run both of those tires at 19 psi or i can because I'm I am slightly built, uh, but they do not feel the same. They do not feel at all the same. Uh, so yeah, that's very very different. Anyway, uh, cyclocross. Were we talking about cyclocross? I think we were going to talk. I think we were talking about about cyclocross. I mean, tis the season for cyclocross. Yes, yes. Fa la 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 la. la. Uh, so speaking we had, speaking uh, of which, um, not to jump into jingle cross too early here, but I. I mean, I guess I got to tip my hat at them for really embracing the Christmas spirit in September. <laughs> because, yeah, like, right? I mean, they went all in. They were like, all right, we, we have the name Jingle Cross. We used to be in December. And fuck it. We're still Jingle Cross, even when we're in September. And, I mean, I really kind of thought they were just going to, you know, keep the name because it's name recognition. But, no, <sighs> they did, like, Mount Crumpet, and they did the Santa Claus race and the Grinch, and they did all of it. Yeah. Oh, they had all those props lying around, you know. Yeah, might as well use them. Might as well use them. I think it's good. I think it's good. You gotta, you know, you gotta stick to your brand and like, what are you gonna do? It's Christmas in September. Like this race is normally in late November, but that's what it's all about. Like you can't be like, uh, and now we're just Iowa City bland World Cup. Yeah, no, that that's true. I mean, it adds a little spice to it. It was pretty funny. Like, what, yeah, on the World Cup coverage when they uh, showed the the Santa Claus race. It's kind of like, doesn't this defeat the entire point when people are not freezing cold when they're naked? It's like, they're all naked, but they're not freezing cold because it's 90 degrees out. I, well, yeah. I, well, I think the answer when it was in November is uh, a, a spicy combination of uh, whiskey and embro. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's kind of <laughs> the whole... That'll keep you warm. That's kind of the whole appeal of those, like, Santa events is that you're, you know, you're supposed to do them naked and you're supposed to be freezing your butt off and probably also drunk very dry uh yeah quite quite possibly yes the warming from um the inside yeah i I just don't know what else they were gonna do like was it gonna be like the i don't know the ffa cross or something or uh, what's the other uh i don't know kids go and do agriculture things organization agriculture Uh, well you know ffa future farmers of america oh yeah all right and there's four uh i don't remember what it's called doesn't matter. I got, like, in high school, uh, when I was, like, in ninth grade, uh, my girlfriend <laughs> and her family took me to this thing. Uh, it was, like, this, I don't know, this fair in Connecticut, like, county fair. And in addition to many things, like, uh, Golden Oldies performance acts, it was, like, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap were performing. But it was, like, mostly, like, a bunch of barns where, like, people had their, like, prize sheep that um oh yeah i mean i i go to those you know in the season all the time out here in in west hampton you know get that backwoods country life going on well it was a rude it was a rude awakening for me 
um, because I, despite growing up kind of far from the big city, I was still essentially a city boy, and uh, I had not I had not really seen the business end of a ram before. Um, and there's a there's a lot going on. There. And this is where you have to cut out the part where I talk about sheep vaginas. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> we're gonna move right along. <laughs> And on to talking about uh, <laughs> cyclocross again. Oh yeah, that's right. We're talking about bikes, trouble. not farm animals. Yeah. Oh, it's 4-H. It's 4-H. Yeah, yeah. There we okay, go. that makes more sense. Those that combination of letter and number make more sense to me than the other acronyms. Bit out. Well, FFA is also a thing. Uh, but anyway, oh, I, I believe you. I just have not heard of it. The, yeah, I think that maybe it's more of a southern thing. I don't know. Uh, okay, right. So, Cross Vegas happened. Yep, extremely and, exciting and race. Bo- yeah, both of these World Cups actually happened. So I haven't, I've only watched for, okay, I have to confess this. For Cross Vegas, I've only seen the highlights because, this, okay, my desk is like actively uh, settling or something. Haunted desk. And making sounds and it's freaking me out. Haunted desk. Just like sitting here. Yeah, anyway, okay. That's weird. Hopefully it will stop doing that. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, right. Uh, Cross Vegas, because it happens at night on in, like, mountain time, or maybe even Pacific time. No, it's Pacific uh, time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's basically, like, the women's race starts at, like, 11.15 p.m. Eastern, and it was like, I have to sleep. Yeah, I, I mean, so. like, I, I actually, I really tried. I put in a valiant effort, and I attempted to watch the race, and was completely squandered by my VPN. So... Oh yeah, that was also a challenge. What I, ended I was up doing... I was grumpy because I I woke up to watch the damn race and could not. I only got to watch a snippet of it, and then my VPN was like, "Sorry, fail," and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Oh yeah, I couldn't even get it to even try, and I was like, oh, "Forget about it." So what I actually I actually ended up going next time with um, I I paid the money to do Tunnel Bear, and that has been very successful. Ugh, I just keep uh, not wanting to pay the money because I really only use Tunnel Bear for a few things a year, and it's just like, God damn it. Ugh. I I know it's good, but I yeah I don't know. Also, can <laughs> can I complain for a minute, just one second, about how it's like, come on, UCI feed. It's like if there are World Cups in the United States, let us fucking watch the YouTube. Feed, don't geo-restrict it anymore. God damn it. Ugh. Yeah, it it's something, I mean, ugh, yeah, it's really, it's NBC's fault because they bought the rights and then decided they were going to sit on it and not, like, show it. But now they're showing it, okay, it actually is kind of not much better because uh, apparently they're planning to show all of the World Cups now on at least the NBC Sports app or something, but if you're not a cable subscriber, oh, yeah, that's you're, wonderful for, for all the people who have cable. It's like the same stupid song and dance that we had to go through with the Olympics. I wish these guys yeah. would stick their ugh, stick their heads. I'm going to say the op- no, the opposite of that. Take their heads out of their asses and realize that they would actually <laughs> probably get a lot of money from the millennials if they had a pay to watch online option. Because I I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not buying a cable subscription. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, You're- preaching to the choir for sure. I agree completely. It's frustrating. But I mean, like uh-huh. I would pay. Say for like a season of World Cups, I'd pay probably a decent amount of money just to be able to stream those online. Yeah, I agree. I buy the, um, I keep buying the increasingly exorbitant package that they charge for um, the Tour de France. 
which they've now, like, instead of you just getting a month of the Tour de France, they're like, we're going to bundle it with a bunch of other races that you don't care as much about um, and therefore charge more money, yep. uh, which is like, ugh. Uh, though I think it might include the World Championships, so that might be helpful. That's, I'll have to look into that's, that. That's a bonus. But but anyway, yeah, that's, we're, that's, I feel yeah. as though we're drifting off course. <laughs> we are drifting off course. Okay, so there was Cross Vegas. I have watched the highlights and looked at the results. I actually followed the women's race on Twitter before falling asleep. Uh, I was in bed, and, and everyone was going like, yay! Because uh, exciting things happened in this race. Yes, yes. Many, many exciting things. Many an exciting thing. Yeah, I, so I guess spoilers for Cross Vegas. Um, Sophie DeBoer won yep. in what was apparently quite surprising uh, because she was very tired. But then she came back and she won the sprint between her and Katarina Nash and uh, Katie Compton. And they finished in that order. So that was the podium. So that's cool. But then, okay, uh, let's look at this top 10 here and count the USAs in it. Uh, let's see, one, because there's Katie Compton. Fourth place, right behind that group, Amanda Miller. Uh, sixth place, Rebecca Farringer, which is awesome. Which is incredible. Which is so amazing. Uh, I've got a little story about <laughs> Rebecca Farringer in a, in a minute. Um, eighth, Ellen Noble yes. of the USA. Ellen. Yeah, woo, Ellen. We'll talk more about her, yeah, I'm sure. roommates unite. Housemates. <laughs> for forever. <laughs> and Courtney McFadden. Of the USA intent. So that's one, two, three, four, five. five. Half of the top ten Americans. But I mean, like, that's it, it's awesome for America, but also kind of sad that, you know, the rest of the world, mainly Europe, <coughs> Europe, um, can't muster enough women to, to come over. And I mean, like, it's understandable because it's like, you know, they're not getting they're not getting paid that much. It's like only eight yeah. European women came over. Yeah, that's true. That is actually a really important thing to point out. Uh, the women's start lists for both of these races, Cross Vegas and Jingle Cross, uh, suffered a lot more than the men's start list. Mm-hmm. And it and it is because there's just so much less money. And and I, I suspect that the federations are the national federations are much less willing to pony up the cash. And you know, and in, in their cases where it's like, okay, Katarina Nat, well, Katarina Nash got second place. That's great. That's true. But I believe she mostly lives. In the U.S. Yeah, I mean, she um, she lives I, she lives on the West Coast. I'm pretty sure, and I think she, yeah. you know, she's um, she's Czech, right? Yeah, Czech, yeah, she's she's Czech, but I mean, she's married to an American, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, I mean, she's she's she is largely based in the United States. I'm not going to say entirely. And I mean, she's largely. also on a team that you know is is a U.S. team. So is a U.S. team. Oh yeah, good showing from Catherine Pendrel, by the way, of Canada as well, who is always like you know she's a mountain biker. Um, and, you know, she doesn't tend to stick it out through the whole cross season. I can hardly blame her, uh, because she's done a whole season of mountain biking, but she always comes out in cross Vegas and smashes it, which is pretty, it is, it is always fun to, to watch her in, in, in cross Vegas for sure. And I'm, yeah, I'm kicking myself for not waking up in time to watch the women's race because I'm an idiot. But luckily, since I work at Bike Reg, I get the, pretty much the play by play um blow by blow when i come into the office the next day <laughs> yeah i'm sure you do corner by corner <laughs> which i mean I, I like awesome yeah okay so the highlight stuff was first of all becca farringer oh my god sixth place she's having an um, amazing year so far she is having an amazing year she's been uh on the podium at rochester um <laughs> just after that here's here's my becca farringer story i want to tell you um Actually, Francis introduced me to uh, Becca at um, 
Purgatory Road Race like last year. Oh, uh, oh I fun. yep, I remember that because we were some. Yep, I I do remember introducing you. And uh, Beck and I were teammates for a hot second on Jam many years right, back. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a good story there about when Al did her first Al Donahue did her first power test and she was dropping him <laughs> up a hill. Uh, and I totally believe it because she's a monster. She is such an engine. She's got Just crazy power. Of, yeah, and in, in terms of just raw like athletic talent, she's one of the best in the country like no question she's so good and she's also totally legit as a bike handler like don't don't be fooled um she's super legit she's awesome yeah it was it was it was, it was funny so yeah so so <laughs> you said oh hey this is becca farringer she is very powerful i don't know if you said that and she was and we shook hands she was like your hands are so soft she's she's a hoot. <laughs> i remember that <laughs> <laughs> she's a lot of she's a lot of fun and then uh my story is that um, the weekend after that, after Rochester, I was at a little local race in New Hampshire, White Park Cyclocross, and so was uh, Rebecca, and she entered the elite men's race, uh, you know, for training purposes, and earlier in the race, so I, I went out, and I was riding hard, and I went out too hard, because my form is not very good this year, uh, and I blew up, because that's actually a pretty hard course, and, uh, she had been behind me at the start because, um, like, why would you go, you know, crazy in a start with a bunch of super aggro <laughs> elite NECX men uh, when you can use your awesome engine and pick them off one by one? Nope. Uh, a- anyway, uh, she was right behind me as we went up this simple little ride up that I then proceeded to totally bobble because I accidentally upshifted when I meant to downshift because I was cracked and I was on SRAM and those two things don't go together super well. Oh no. So I hear this, I hear this exasperated sigh behind me. <laughs> she used to dismount and run past me and I said, sorry, Becca. <laughs> and later, later on, I came up to her after the race. She did quite well in that race, not surprisingly. Um, <laughs> you know, certainly, certainly kicked my ass, which like, uh, come on, she got second at Rochester. Like that's sort of about what you'd yeah, expect to happen. Um, I was like, I'm so sorry about that. She said, I trusted you. <laughs> She's like, damn it, Greg, you and your soft hands. <laughs> yes, exactly. Me and my soft hands. Oh, anyway, so that was, that was a good time. And she was, she was totally cool about it. And, and I was a little bit embarrassed because it was like, of course I did it in front of, in front of Becca Farringer. That was that was great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say other than that. Cool race. Um, it's it's good to see so many people we know and and like doing so well. Uh, yeah, Ellen had a great race um, on a course that probably doesn't suit her as well as Jingle Cross, which I guess we'll get to. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was a women's race. Men's race was more of your standard kind of. I don't know. It was a World parade of Belgians. It was a parade of Belgians. It was a parade Bel- of Belgians. <laughs> yeah, it was it was first through eighth place are Belgians. And then ninth place is a Belgian. No, sorry, first through seventh place is a Bel- are Belgians. And eighth place was Philip Walsleben of Germany. Good to see him up there. And then it was back to Belgians <laughs> with Tim Hurlier. Uh, it's it's funny watching the men's race and I, I do I have to confess I get a little frustrated with this and I, I understand like, you know, this is this is how you know you just have the camera on sports is like people want to watch the leaders in most cases but in our case it's like we want to see the people we know 
So mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, watching the men's race, you have all the Belgians parading through and then you get like a little glimpse of like powers or hide coming through and the camera cuts away and you're just like, damn it. <laughs> so I spend the yeah. entire race just like looking for little like pieces of the people I actually want to see. And so it's like, I, I just wish they'd have a couple, I don't know. I don't know how you'd make those shots exciting, but just like, I, I want to see like where the rest of the people are maybe like do like a crop screen like four cameras show like other parts of the course i don't don't know i don't know how you would do it but i'd I'd like to see what's happening in other parts of the race yeah it's tough i mean like typically when they cut back to further back in the race it's because like someone just had a really embarrassing crash yep (laughs) they're like they're like look at this asshole Yep. (laughs) he just went head over heels like things like that, and then they're like, like, and now oh. back to Wout smashing everyone in the face. Yeah, which is pretty much what happened. It's kind again. of funny though. I mean, like Wout did basically at least what it looked like to me, sort of the same thing in uh, Cross Vegas and Jingle Cross, and I'm sure Matteo will touch on something of the sort like this uh, a little bit later. Uh, but in Cross Vegas, uh, for those who didn't see, um, he basically did what i guess he he hit his hip but it looks like he nutted himself on the stairs um oh yeah in like the middle of the race and it's just it's so funny the way these belgian guys when they crash because like he stood there for a long time in like what it what is like you know when seconds matter in a cyclocross race you know he stood there and held his hip and bent over and then he rode around for a while holding his hip and then he decided he wanted to race bikes for real and won the bike race. And it's just like yeah. that, you know, in, in for a standalone uh, sort of spectacle, like that's like, oh, wow, he's so strong. And then he did the exact same thing in Jingle Cross. I don't think he actually not crashed, but he had a mechanical and was literally just like floating along on his bike, like not even pedaling, like looking down at his chain ring. Everyone's passing him gets, you know, dropped all the way back is you know, the, the leaders are attacking as hard as they can and then somehow catches the leaders, gaps them, and then wins the race. Oh, it's cr- I don't know. Like, that's the thing that blows my mind more than anything else is the ability for a guy like Wout to have an incident of some sort and, like, catch his breath and let them get way ahead and then, like, still ride back and win. It's like, that That cow. makes me wonder because it's just kind of like, how could you possibly be riding clean if you can do that? If, like, I all know. of your competitors... They know that you crashed, and they're going as hard as they can, and yet you can not only ride back to them, but ride back to them and then drop them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is pretty mind-blowing, because, I mean, I just think about, it's like, I can't do that in my little local races. Like, I fell off, you know, I was at Midnight Ride, uh, I made a hash of it, I had a few incidents, but at one point I'd I'd had earlier incidents, and I'd ridden, (laughs) crashed in the whole shot, because I'm stupid, (laughs) completely my fault, and then, like, I was riding back, and I'd, like, chase back almost to the group that was fighting for, like, 8th or ninth place or whatever. So I'm like, yes, almost back to the top 10. And then I crash again and, like, had to kind of ride slowly to the pit because I tweaked my bars. And then I, like, I lost a bunch of time, and that was that. Like, you know, it's like I can ride back to the top 10 after, like, one incident, you know. But, like, even then it's like I can ride back to the top 10. Like, I cannot ride back, you know, to win, like, or even remotely close to that. Right. It's it's like, well, I'm still 50 seconds down on like the leaders or something like ridiculous like that, you know, but he can he can lose like half a minute or 45 seconds or something like that, which is um, it's it's kind of a mind boggling gap when it's it's not like this is a gap between one dude off the front and wow, this is a gap between eight Belgians and wow. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm like, when I'm doing this and like failing, you know, it's like, I'm up against like local scrubs. Right. But then it's like, <laughs> God, like, wow, just doing it against the best dudes in the world. And it's like, how is he do? Yeah. So I, I hear you on that. And it's very impressive. It, it is. And I mean, um, I, I don't mean to be accusatory, but it's, it is just a little puzzling when you see something puzzling. like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, so yeah, okay, anyway, um, not such great showings from the Americans, uh, <laughs> from that one, if, if you care about that. I mean, you know, what they, they tried. Uh, it's just a, we do have like four Americans in a row from 26th to 29th. Uh, Jeremy Powers had a crash at Trek CXC Cup that affected him this. I think it affected him even worse at Jingle Cross, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, so finishing in, in 18th, so I think he was, uh, having a rough go of it but i guess we should move on to jingle cross yep um so before we talk about our storylines or things we want to talk about on that uh i believe that matteo has a uh prepared a little a little report on jingle cross both uh what it's kind of like to do the race and the course and what he thinks about it um, because he's been there himself and uh how he feels about the races so take it away Matteo. All right. Hey, yeah, this is Matteo from Philadelphia, and I am here on the Honest Bicycle Program doing a report back from the Jingle Cross World Cup. Uh, Not because I was there, but because I've raced that course a few times, and it was just mind-bogglingly cool to see a World Cup race on a course that I've raced. Now, listeners of the program will know that I make no claims to being a good cyclocross racer. Um, I fall down a lot. I can't pedal my bike fast enough or brake it fast enough. And if I do get going at a good turn of speed, I can't turn fast enough. And I've destroyed many a course tape, hit many a pole. Uh, I fall down a lot in cyclocross. But I've raced jingle cross twice. And each time I was just, I was blown away by the course. Uh, like the first time I stepped on the course, I knew that like this course compared to other courses I'd ridden was probably a lot closer to the kinds of courses that I'd see in Europe on Saturday and Sunday mornings, you know, in front of that live stream that we all tune into. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who don't know this course because Iowa City is in the middle of the country, uh, which is a nice way of saying in the middle of nowhere. And a lot of coastal racers don't get out there. You know, it's not like close to an international airport. It's not convenient to get to for, you know, people who race in New England or people who race in the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, you, you know, for a lot of those... Uh, for a lot of those racers, and for those of you who are listening who don't know the course, I really hope that some of the features came through uh, in the live stream. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about like what it was like to see the best pros in the world, you know, the world champion, um, for the men anyway, uh, what it was like to see them race things that I've raced. So for starters... The, the main feature of Jingle Cross is Mount Crumpet. It's this big, abrupt hill, and there are several waves up and down it. Um, and, you know, for like three days of UCI racing, they'll run a few different routes up and down. So on the live stream of the, the World Cup, you know, it, it looks like they're trotting up a run-up. And I don't know if you, you can really see how steep and hard it is until you realize that, like, the camera angle is just looking, like, straight down onto the roof of this barn that they, they just rode past, you know? Like... It can be hard to tell how steep something is, um, I think, from a, from video. But, you know, you, you kind of, like, 
focus in on the right element, you know, just boom, looking right down onto that bar and you realize, holy crap, this is really steep. And then like two laps later, three laps later, all these pros can barely lift their feet running up of it. I mean, I saw people walking up that hill. That's hard. And then there are like the subtle difficulties of the course. And I, I think that's what really um, makes a really good cyclocross course is not like the obvious super hard stuff. Um, I think it's it's like the, the, the subtle, like intellectually challenging stuff. So in the Jingle Cross course, you know, there's that section um, in the World Cup day, it was, it was right after like the start finish, they turn right and they, they enter this kind of off camber section. Um, and that, you know, my experience raising that is that it's like so dependent on course conditions and course conditions at Jingle Cross always change. You know, it's, it can be pretty wet, it can get super muddy and then it can dry out um, and be like really tacky and weird and different places kind of respond in different ways. Um, so uh, like that part of the course can really change, you know, day to day and like within a day. And the thing that I like about the subtle difficulties is that they really force these decisions about whether it's faster to ride uh, or if it's faster to run. And that might change within a race. Like I've, you know, I've ridden that course and I, uh, in the World Cup, a lot of people were, um, were running that. Maybe the first couple were riding it. Um, I definitely have found that, you know, in the times that I've raced, again, like also muddy, maybe not quite as muddy as this past weekend. I found that to be rideable and like I can ride it, but there have been race situations where because there are people in front of me, it's just... Uh, you know, it's a it's a good choice to hop off and shoulder the bike and, and run by them, you know, because as people are kind of like trying to make sure that they can pick their way through something while on the bike, you can just run right by them. And then there's a tricky, you know, a tricky turn through a ditch before you loop back around to the pits. And so there, there are all these like cool, subtle, difficult things like that. And one of those things, again, it's a question of like, I don't know if this came through on the live stream, but there's that second descent of Mount Crumpet where um, the riders are just like sort of zigzagging down this big open face of a hill. And you have to go to YouTube and look at amateurs try to do that because it's hard. If it's a little bit slippery, if you don't have quite the right tires, if you're tentative, you just fall. It's really steep and it's so hard to like turn going downhill like that, to turn across the fall line. And I know that some of the years I think... Um, the race organization has made those turns like a little bit tighter and some years they've been you know a little bit more open like a, a broader turning radius and like neither makes it easy um when i was racing i would set up for those turns i'd go in kind of slowly and i'd try and just let my bike sort of like fall around that turn into the correct line and almost every single time my tires would just wash out or i'd have to dab my inside foot or more than once i would just go plowing into the net fencing and all the whiskey swilling the westerners beyond it and so I, I really encourage you you know go to youtube and look up videos of amateurs doing that and you'll, you'll see what i mean uh, i'm sure you'll find me there crashing through the course tape um that's hard it's a it is a steep descent and it's hard to make those turns so to see pros race that course to see them like handle it smoothly as if it ain't no thing when I know it's slippery out there, you know, like I saw the mud, I can see the grass getting torn up, I can see those lines changing on the live stream, but they just glide around like they're, like they're totally in control on this course feature that like I can barely ride. So I said this before, um, I actually think I wind up saying it a lot on this podcast, but I think one of the really beautiful things about bike racing is getting a chance to see the best race up close. So obviously, you know, you can you can go and you can, you know, go up to a mountain in France or a criterium in the United States and 
you can get really up close and personal with a sport, with this sport, in a way that you, you can't really do in a, a lot of other sports, especially the, the sports that are popular in the United States. And then as a bike racer, you can share the same race course as the best. And if you get if you get a little bit better, you can even race in the same field. And being in the same race is kind of like a tricky tricky thing to say because sometimes you know it's you might be racing in the same field, but you're not really in the same race, right? Like when I'm racing against some of the best people in my discipline, like maybe I'm racing to like not get dropped or to get a you know top fifty percent, and they're racing for the win. So that like reveals two things. Like on one hand, there's this sort of democratizing effect that makes you feel like like you're brought so close to the pinnacle of this experience, right? Like, like holy crap, I can like reach out and touch like the best people who do this. And on the other hand, and I was talking about this like on our on our last show about riding, you know, cross stuff with Dan Chavanov, like it shows you the vast levels of difference in skill and ability. You know, you might get into a, a pro one two race and say, like, yeah, like I'm racing the pro race, but you see that like there are people who are just, you know, effortlessly racing on the front while you're like fighting to stay connected, you know, mid pack and in the back. And you, you really just see those those huge levels and they're all brought together. And, you know, I just loved, uh, I loved thinking about that and having the opportunity to, to think about that and realize that again, watching a World Cup on a course that I've raced. And so, there, you know, there's two quick things about the races in order to like kind of mull over how they went down. One was Katie Compton just like bludgeoned the field by racing a perfect race. You know, she didn't attack. She just like went to the front and rode her race and just nobody could do it. And that was so cool to see her ride like a physically and technically perfect race. And the other one was like Wout Van Aert's level of calm in the race. I, I figured he won. I watched the race like a few hours after it happened. I did a good job of avoiding Twitter and all that. I figured he won. So I was kind of like waiting to see how the heck he would do it, right? Like he stopped and he lost a bunch of seconds, pulling some stuff out of his derailleur, yada, yada, yada. And the fact that he was able to ride that course like he was just chilling and then go like ballistic up the riding climb, like the difficult, long, muddy, steep climb up the back of Mount Crumpet and would make up like 10 seconds here, 20 seconds there. That was just incredible. And when he like finally attacked, it was like a lap and a half. He opened up 40 seconds on his competition and that was just incredible. So I just... In, in these musings about Jingle Cross, not, like, not only is it cool that there was a World Cup there, I, I thought it was cool before that like, I could race this course and then watch UCI races. Like, that, was, like, that, was, that, was, that was cool. A live stream of a UCI race. And then to see these two like, brilliant performances by Katie Compton and Wout Van Aert, that was just a treat. I'm on a high. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still talking about it. So that's my report the Jingle Cross World Cup. Back to you, Francis and Greg. Thank you. And we're back. Thank you. Thank you, Matteo. Thanks for that. I hope that was enlightening <laughs> to all of you. We hope Matteo um, checked all of his facts. Yes, please. No wrong facts, Matteo. Yes. No wrong facts. This is a show about facts. Only facts. Uh, yeah. There are no opinions on this show. Yeah, it's only knowledge and truth. Uh, that we have to to bring to you so unlike cross vegas i was able to watch the full uh women's race of the jingle cross world cup i have actually a a funny 
funny quick anecdote um, about watching the Jingle Cross World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so as uh, as you listeners may have surmised from previous episodes, uh, I live with Ellen Noble and her boyfriend Scott Smith. And uh, at the time, or right before the uh, Women's World Cup on Jingle Cross, uh, I was out for a ride with uh, my boyfriend and Scott, and we were in the middle of the woods um, getting shown around by a local. And it was kind of starting to, you know, Scott had told us, like, oh, I want to try and get back for 4.30 so we can watch Ellen race the World Cup. And it was turning, kind of getting down to zero hour. And I finally, you know, spoke up and said something like, hey, uh, should we uh, start going going back? And so the uh, the local who had been showing us around his woods um, was like, oh, no problem. I'll drive you guys back in my truck. And so we rode back to his house. He tossed all of our bikes into the truck. We drove like hell back to the house and managed to catch like the last 10 minutes of the women's race. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I mean, at least we saw some of the women's race. We got to see Ellen That's true. Like, finishing, which was awesome. Oh my God. That was so great. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching, and, and I don't know, for some reason, I, I took it upon myself to, to live-tweet the deets. Uh, it wasn't too many deets. Some but, deets. But yeah, some deets. So yeah, it was great. It was uh, muddy. It was kind of kind of wild. They actually pulled back the fences, the barriers a bit, to like expose parts that were less muddy um, for whatever reason. There was some complaining over on, well, everywhere about that. <laughs> over on um, all over the place. Over on all over the place, there was much complaining about how how stupid and weak that was. I I don't know. Um, don't really have a strong opinion on it. Maybe they shouldn't have done it, but uh, I think it was still a good race. You know, <laughs> I think it's okay. I don't, there were there were a few odd decisions. Um, I mean, UCI officials are gonna make a lot of odd decisions. There, I've I've been to many a UCI race where you're just like. Why, 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 why was this done? And then the reason is basically like, because I'm a UCI official. Yeah, because, because the rules are what we say the rules are. Yeah, that, that's pretty uh, much the way, the way that works. Yeah, so, so we basically got to watch uh, Katie Compton smash the field, uh, which was pretty rad. Uh, put on a, put on a, she, you know, the old Katie Compton's back. That's good. It's good to see her smashing. Um that course, uh, as I think Matteo covered, is super hard looking. It looks it looks bananas. brutal. I mean, just to watch. I mean, I, I was able to watch the beginning of the men's race and how much they were off their bikes in the first two minutes was bananas. Oh yeah, that climb. That climb is just. I'd heard about that climb, but it is much worse. Tales, tales, and, and horrors. Oh my god, it's so it's so bad. And you could clearly hear on um, the the feed, the UCI women's race, like some heckling jerk face going like, my grandma could do this, as the women were running up this hill. And it was like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, shut up. Uh, you know, the sexist that. heckler. No, uh, the sexist heckler, indeed. Every it's cyclocross like, family has one. It's like, wow, you're so hilarious, bro. Yeah, totally your grandma could do this hill. You, you, like, that's funny. You can hear it's that so... guy now, like, running up to the tape and being, oh, hey, guys, let's call the, let's call the women old. It'll be so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, yep. What could be what could be funnier than uh, belittling professional athletes who are uh, performing in front of you? That's, that's pretty great. So anyway, 
uh <laughs> yeah they went up the hill and it looked really really hard and they were like dismounting and stuff uh and i don't know it just it strung out pretty quick because holy cow it was hard and it was hot uh but it was really exciting because it was like oh my god uh Kay compton is winning oh look caroline money is also racing really hard and holy crap Caitlin Antino is chasing her down. And then looking back, it was like, wait a minute, is that is that Ellen? Is that Ellen Noble? Is she in, like, sixth place? No, holy crap, is she in fifth place? <laughs> like, very exciting. Uh, so and it was great. And just all kinds of cool things happening. And it was really exciting. Uh, and, and then, you know, both... Both uh, Katie Antonio and uh, Ellen Noble kind of steadily gained over the course of the lap. And, and we were really confused, too, because... Ellen Noble's, uh, her, so her kit looks a lot like her current, like, U23 World Cup leader kit. Looked a lot like Sophie DeBoer's kit. Huh. Which was, and it was weird because Sophie DeBoer wasn't wearing the World Cup leader's uh, kit. She got, like, special permission to wear her normal one because of the heat or something. Like, she had short sleeves or something. I'm not really clear uh, exactly on that. Um, but yeah, so that was, but it was odd how similar their, their, their kits were similar enough to, for us to get confused. But, uh, okay, let's cut to the chase, right? Katie Compton wins. Uh, Ellen Noble, well, okay, right, sorry, Katie Antonow in third place. Ellen Noble in fifth. Holy crap. So I think this is a, a pretty good course for her, what with the climbing and the technical elements. Yeah, Ellen's, uh, <clears throat> I, I hear tell she's a good climber. <laughs> I mean, Ellen, Ellen's just kind of a great all-around rider. You know, she's a powerhouse. She's really, really good technically. Um, oh, she's so good technically. Did you actually... She just put a thing up on her feed that I think actually Scott took of... Uh, they were on a woods ride and just, like, riding down a log. Yeah, I mean, she does that on a cross bike. Yeah, exactly. She was on a cross bike. Yeah. Yep. She's impeccable uh, technically. She's so good. Like, man. That's so what happens great. when you spend your entire childhood riding mountain bikes, I guess. Yep, it's uh, it helps. Yeah, uh, I mean, and just I mean, honestly, we can just go through. Uh, so Becca Farringer eleventh, Amanda Miller right in front of her in tenth. Um, actually, like ten, eleven, twelve. You know, because we've got Courtney McFadden. You know, again, a lot of Americans there, and fewer of the international riders, which is a shame. It's awesome to see Caroline Monty up there. Um, she's so fun to watch. Oh yeah, she's so fierce yeah oh my god she's such a different it's so funny like with uh you know katie and aunt no chasing her down like their styles could not be more different <laughs> like caroline monty's like the bobblehead like all over the place uh and and antino is so steady you know just like uh <laughs> the terminator <laughs> i like her that down. she's the terminator the terminator yeah uh both of them technically brilliant um of course i mean all of them are like at this jeez like they're so good they're all so good it's so great to watch um so that was a lot of fun it would have been nice to have um more time to watch them race don't you think oh yeah totally <laughs> yeah uh so katie compton finished that race in 37 minutes and 8 seconds the guidelines for a world cup for women is between 40 and 50 minutes yeah and i mean that's pretty clear yeah so there was also much consternation about this uh i happen to think it was pretty justified that's pretty whack like that's a that's an entire lap like that is you know they were doing what nine minute laps basically 
little slightly more um it's it's easily uh under 50 minutes yeah and i mean it's just it's it's another example of uci officials kind of cherry picking the way they want the race to go um and it's just like you know they don't they don't care enough to to enforce their own rules and it, or, or it's like the uci right. officials either care way too much about rules that don't make sense or don't enforce rules that are pretty basic this is my experience yeah. with uci things having done a lot of uci races yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this this race duration thing for the women has been an ongoing complaint. Um, it's not limited to the races in the USA either. It's kind of a, a general problem, and it's not really clear what the what the uh, it's not really clear what's going on and why this hasn't been been dealt with. It's really frustrating. Uh, we talked we've talked about this before, so <laughs> like. We might have even talked about this um, when you were first on the podcast before before you were like like a full timer. Yeah, no, I think um, we probably did. Yeah, uh, and I it's especially annoying in given some really notable incidents last year where uh, there was a consistent problem at least with the Verge series races, what are now the Vittoria series races where the men's races were run basically a lap too long where um they were basically running jeremy powers at like world cup uh uh race times meaning a world cup for the men is minimum 60 minutes it's unlike uh a normal uci race which is as close to 60 minutes as possible right and so we're talking about you know at gloucester a uci c2 Jeremy Powers finished that race in an hour and nine minutes. The race that that is not a nine minute lap at Gloucester for the elite men. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's like an eight minute lap, maybe. It might be. Might have been seven something. Uh, so it, you know, it's they're already over when he comes across with one to go. You know, and so that made that that makes it kind of especially frustrating when they're running the men's races just it, it, noticeably too long, which happened at uh, Cycle Smart International as well. Yeah, it's kind of like do so, they do they just not care, or have they been told otherwise, or is it's it's kind of like are they bad at their jobs, or is it deliberate? Yeah, right, exactly, and it's I mean, there's you know. I mean, there's sexism going on here. The question is, is it is it conscious sexism? Is it unconscious sexism? You know, uh, conscious is kind of easier to address in a way. But it's like, how can you... I mean, it's just math. Like, that's the thing that's kind of... Like, how hard is it? It's just math. Yeah. You know, it's like, how many times do you need to do this number of laps to fit within, like, the specified... You know, assuming this pace, just fit within the specified distance. Like, man. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> um, it's shaking fist shaking so that was that was unfortunate um and we shame on you uci uh, and i think that's probably all we have to say about that blanket statement uh, shame on you uci <laughs> shame on you uci that is a blanket statement. well you know we are nothing if not uh pra- you know happy to make blanket pronouncements oh yes lots of blanket statements <laughs> we're just gonna slather the blame around with a spatula get a nice just uh nice even really, coating yeah really layer that blame icing on nice and heavy 
uh okay there's a men's race so this one i had actually kind of a similar situation to to you with the women's race where um did something just fall over nope that was just i accidentally smacked the microphone oh, it was okay. trying to run away so i bad bad microphone smacked it uh <laughs> so yeah uh, i finished watching the women's race and then i was like hello hey jill i'm hungry but i don't feel like cooking would you like to go get some Mexican food? And she said yes, and so we did. For a minute, I thought um, that was going to go. I was going to be oh. really amused if you were like, hey, Jill, I don't feel like cooking. Make me a sandwich. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh. think, uh, no. UCI that... is so sexist. And then I forced my wife <laughs> to make a sandwich for me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't think that would go too well for me. I'll, I'll show myself the door. <laughs> even if Even if I desired even if I desired to do so, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, "Can you make me a sandwich?" And while you're at it, bring me the divorce papers, <laughs> <laughs> because this isn't going well. Oh uh, boy. Well. All right, but luckily that didn't happen, and we're not divorced because we love each other. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, men's race. Yeah. So I came back. We came back from our delicious, you know, Mexican uh, dinner and delicious margaritas. Uh, oh, to... sweet nectar of the gods it was so good oh man don't even get me started uh and uh i mean it was you know it was kind of it was not the best margarita ever i mean let's on to be honest it was it was a pretty mid-range margarita but uh it was good you know as long as it's not a bad margarita yeah bad margaritas are so depressing mm-hmm. it's like come on <laughs> like you've been given the such wonderful raw materials to work with and i paid eight dollars for this <laughs> Ugh, I paid seven dollars for a mid a middling margarita, which I was quite happy about. Yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I came back and to, to watch Wild Van Art smashing it. Essentially, uh, what else is there to say, really? And then I watched the highlights later. Uh, this is very exciting because in tenth place was Stephen Hyde. Uh, in front was a bunch of Belgians and um, uh, a Dutch a Dutch dude. So you know what. A, what else is there to say? It's, it's you know the usual the usual song and dance. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, Van Art, Kevin Powell, Lawrence Sweek, um, all people I like, people I like to watch. Lots of drive side dismounts in the, on that podium. Two out of three. So there's a lot of um, drive side uh, dismounts that are kind of high up in the men right now, right? Because you got uh, obviously Kevin Powell's and Lawrence Sweek. You got uh, Michael Van Tornhout, though he was pretty far down today. Yeah, but some prominent people who are getting off on the dirty side. Yep, very, um, very interesting, very interesting technique there. Makes me yeah, I don't know. It, it, well, it just—I uh, mean, I guess I guess they're left-handed, right-handed. I don't really know exactly how that works. It just—they feel more comfortable doing it. That's just as I feel better getting off on the left, and I don't know how that works. It blows my mind because I think if I tried to dismount on the right, I would explode. Yeah, so. which I—I I also kind of dismounting on the right. I'm like, okay, now I have to go around my bike so I can remount. Yeah, exactly. You can't even. Yeah, yeah, you can't remount from that side at all. Uh, Sit right, down in so... the middle of the course and cry. <laughs> Can't remount. Wrong side. <laughs> That's just how we deal with adversity. Yes. Throw bike. Weep. <laughs> Throw clod of mud. There's a lot of those because it's cyclocross. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So while Van Art won, uh, Stephen Hyde was in like the TV time zone for a little while, which was pretty cool. Yep. And then he wasn't, but he still finished quite well at 10th place. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I, I is... love it when, when the Americans actually squeak up there in the World Cups. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. It's great. Oh, I see Anthony Clark on there in 26. That's pretty good. Yeah. He had a great ride. That's good for him. Yeah. That's very good for him. Man. That's so, that's so exciting. Like that dude. Yeah. Anthony Clark um, is an awesome dude. Yeah, he is good people. He is good um, people. I'm looking for man. Jeremy Powers had a rough day. Yeah, I think um, he he had a he had a rough weekend there. Well, you can tell. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm trying to uh, do a search here. My thing. Oh wow. Yeah, he didn't even uh, finish. I think. Yeah, I think he had. He kind of had a bad bad race right from the start and i think it just went down downhill from there for him so we discussed how brutal that course was and he, so yeah i think we as we mentioned he took a tumble at the trek cxc cup in wisconsin and was clearly hurt and like i saw some video of him going up uh the mount crumpet climb and i was like that is the uh run of a man whose back is killing him Ugh. Uh, yeah cross that, that was... is not a forgiving mit- mistress if you are injured yeah, because it's just, you feel it everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. It's so, so hard. It's so hard on your body when you're, like, in great shape. You know, it's it's just brutal. So it's, uh, get better, get better powers. Um, <laughs> try not to ride yourself into the ground, please. <laughs> uh, he's got to, you know, he's got to be bummed because he was putting a lot of his eggs in this basket. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... He'll bounce back. Yeah. He'll be all right. He, o- he always does. He always does. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's that's the cyclocross thing. Uh, I should make a note. You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be going to a pretty big deal cyclocross race in, like, just over a week. That's right. You are traveling to the land of beer and waffles. I am traveling to the land of beer and waffles. I am so incredibly excited about it. Yeah, we're taking me and, me and, me and my sweetie. Um, well-timed for our anniversary are um taking a well-deserved i'm going to say well-deserved vacation uh to continental europe Woohoo! yeah we're Continent. gonna go to yes the continent and we're gonna uh we're gonna go to uh, the netherlands and then we're gonna spend a bunch of time in belgium and while we're in belgium we're gonna go to uh ronsa uh gp mario de clerc the series formerly known as the b post bank trophy i'm not quite sure what the sponsor is right now they changed it and it's like more difficult to pronounce uh so i'm a little bit puzzled about that uh but i'll report on that when when we get back so we'll be gone for a couple weeks this is actually going to come out uh early next week when i will already already be feet down uh in the uh slightly damp soil of holland so exciting thrilled about it yeah it's very exciting uh so yeah i'll I'll be sure to um you'll have to give us a a full report when you return yes i'll be like it was so muddy and i ate so many stroop waffles and regular waffles don't forget the fritz and mayo uh yes and all the frites and i took a container of mayo and upended it over my head yes Uh, (laughs) i took a mayonnaise shower that sounds like my normal morning (laughs) <laughs> it's like your mayonnaise facial scrub <laughs> oh now now we're getting into dangerous territory <laughs> uh, but to keep it back on the uh on the clean track i do love mayonnaise 
<laughs> oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. I just, wow, okay, wow. You have a dirty mind, Francis. You, um, you, everybody knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Powers. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Sorry listeners. <laughs> yeah. I can't help myself. Ah, it's all right. Something it's okay. someone says something dirty, even if it's unintentional. Not even if it's point, not dirty at all. <laughs> I have to point it out. If it could in any way be construed in some sort of dirty way. But that's your charm. That's what the people love about you. <laughs> do do the people love it though? Uh I mean, like I said, Powers doesn't love it. Um nope. when <laughs> when you're doing social media, but nope. uh nope. otherwise <laughs> It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's it's part of who I am. You can't change your who you are at your core, Greg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta be like, don't try and change me. You can't change me. <laughs> <laughs> don't go. Don't go changing, Francis. Uh, but now I've really lost my train of thought. Um, we were talking about your trip. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna go there. It's gonna be great. Um, there's gonna be lots of mayonnaise and lots of beer and later lots of wine because we're going to France and well Paris specifically and that's gonna be great too. Ugh, uh, so jealous. The the Such we're staying food. at like oh man it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited. I've never we've never done this before. Neither of us has ever been so um, that's part of the context. It's very exciting. Wedding anniversary, all that fun stuff. All that is happening. Apparently, and if our... you go to Paris with your sweetheart. You're supposed to go to the love lock bridge, bring a padlock, and you're supposed to lock your love there. That's like a thing. See, see, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried that, like, I would have the lock that, like, made the bridge. Like, I'd snap that padlock on and the bridge would go and collapse under the weight of all the padlocks. Well, that means that your love is just all the more special if it's that heavy. <laughs> it's very heavy. Well, I think that they're removing some of those padlocks. Ooh. Because they're they actually are too heavy. <laughs> just got a great image of just this like Parisian guy there. going around with a pair of like monster clippers, being like divorce, divorce, divorce. No, yeah. Well, I think it's probably some bore. It's like you know a, a Dremel, basically, with a cutting wheel and like like cutting all the the locks off uh, or something. I don't know. So so uh, my advice would be like extra hardened steel people don't don't cheap out on your lock that you want to go on that bridge if you want your love to be eternal because uh, if someone drills really... your love lock off with a dremel that's it whoa <laughs> i don't want my love lock getting drilled <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, i'm sure i can make that dirty somehow but it's a little it's a bit of a stretch yep that's just uh yeah it's it's uh, it's a reach for sure uh right so trip so that's cool. That's going to be fun, and and we'll keep you uh, updated on that. Oh yeah, and our our Airbnb, and we're going to be in Ghent, Belgium, and uh, our Airbnb is across the street from a bar. That sounds dangerous. With, with a West Molly uh, Trappist sign on it. That sounds dangerous. Oh man, it seems very safe to me. <laughs> I think we're going to be in like a perpetual state of like drunkenness and fullness. Well, I guess. Uh, the danger I foresee is for your wallets. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, it's true. I think we'll be all right, though. We'll have to figure out what the Belgian equivalent of, like, malt liquor is or something. No, I think it'll be all right. Uh, so, right. I, I think that, um, so we've been talking about cyclocross, and cyclocross is happening in the fall, and it now it now feels like fall. Absolutely. Finally, it is actually now officially fall as well. 
That's true, legally. It is now yeah. legally fall. Yeah. So, which is, um, so I think this might be the best season for riding bikes. Oh my god, absolutely. This is my favorite season for riding bikes because, uh, as our listeners may or may not know, I am not a person who enjoys hot weather in terms of bike riding. Um, I am a popsicle. I melt completely. So mm-hmm. once it starts mm-hmm. to get slightly cooler and the temperatures are more comfortable, I just, that's, that's my jam. Yeah, it's it's something about the uh, smell of fallen leaves and like that slight moistness in the air uh, for some reason. I don't know that like Halloween air, you know. Oh man, Halloween is my favorite holiday. I mean, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, and it's like, what can you like? Okay, maybe this is very New England centric, but it's like fall, and you can get on your bike and you go for a ride and you ride to like. I don't know, a farm, and you get cider like, a cider donut. Yeah, exactly, and some hot cider. Uh, Maybe you do a cross race, and you do that. And uh, frankly, what could be better? And you, like, you can race your bike and do cycle cross, and you don't die from the heat. Which uh, is wonderful. Fact, it's wonderful, and you're like, you're like, ah, in fact, this was quite refreshing. I was a little bit chilly, but now that I'm riding my bike around in a field or in the woods, it's... Uh, pretty much feels perfect i am not dripping in sweat and wishing for death yeah except for like the extreme suffering of cyclocross but even that is worth it you know if only to feel alive for just a moment Uh, if only only to feel alive uh yeah i so i don't know um fall we like it i it's 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 also you know this is especially true when i wasn't really doing cyclocross it might be true kind of again this year because i'm i'm trying not to take cross too seriously <laughs> this season because i was like oh i suck yeah i'm uh, kind of also in that boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like maybe i need to rebuild for next year a little bit uh and and like not freak out uh but that means you know it's kind of that time of year when there's sort of nothing but promise and hope for the season ahead you know oh yeah absolutely and i mean it's it's definitely I mean, having done a lot of really intense cyclocross racing for many years, um, I kind of started to pine for, like, you know, a more relaxed fall where I could do those sorts of things, like go on bike rides and get cider donuts instead of getting in my car on Friday afternoon and driving six hours to Baltimore and being super stressed out and exhausted on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's been my fall for, you know, a good five, six years. And, and, you know, I think last year I started to get a little tired. And some people mm-hmm. are just relentless, like, they love it. It's it's totally their jam. But, I mean, there's definitely, you know, it's 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 tough to do that weekend after weekend and keep that kind of strict schedule. You really have to have the fire, because, I mean, you are, like, you know, leaving your significant others and, you know, going to go race your bike again. And it's, uh, you know, you miss out on some stuff. And cross season is really intense. Uh, Wicked intense. Just... For those who it's, don't it's... know. Yeah, it's it's not like road. It it really is. You can't like, like you, you can't are... show up an hour before like a criterium, pop your no. number on, hop on the trainer, jump on the crit, jump in the crit, and, and be fine. Like you have to show up like for a UCI race to be properly prepared like four hours before your start. Yeah, because you need to get on the course multiple times. Yep. Uh, to make the use of the relatively limited 
inspection time you get and it's like you got to be like okay what line do i take here what line do i take here yeah, it's, like, it's a whole day affair and especially i mean when you're in when you're in prime time when you're doing the uci race and you know you're going off at two three o'clock that's that's your entire day your your morning is eating the right things and preparing your equipment and driving to the venue and then your you know your midday is again lining up your eating and making sure that you're riding the course properly and your equipment is dialed in and then you know spending that block of time before the race freaking out doing the race doing your cool down being super tired going back home cleaning your bikes if they're all muddy or going back to your hotel probably if you're in the middle of a race weekend yeah going to sleep waking up repeating or driving home a very long distance yeah and I mean, it's like tough. it's that's it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to do that and be able to do that kind of racing, but it, it it's it is exhausting. Yeah, and and it's you're doing that like every weekend for the entire fall into the winter, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's very the American cyclocross UCI season is very front loaded, and so it's really just a straight punch in the face when you start in September. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you're taking a little little bit of a a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not not racing up to the caliber that I have been a couple of years ago, and I'm you know I'm okay with that. You know, mm. I think that, um, you know, it's it's maybe not not so much my fire this year is, you know, traveling and being exhausted out of my mind, um, for UCI races, and also you know, fitness gotta have the fitness, which I I do not for high end UCI racing this year. Sure. Yeah, I boy, I appreciate it's it's funny. It seems very um silly of me uh when I uh, it feels a little bit ridiculous to be like, well, you know, if I'm not going to be competitive, I don't want to do it, which is not quite true, but I kind of admire the people who can just uh, go and like seriously not care about their results and just have fun. Um, because I kind of do, especially with cross where it's like, I do have some talent in it. Like not like, look, it's not like France's talent in cross and it's not like, uh, it's certainly not like, <laughs> you know, really good bike rider talent, but like, I'm, I'm reasonably good at it, uh, compared to road anyway. Um, but that does make it frustrating when you've had, you know, I had a great season last year, and you know it was in the, it was in an easier category, but I actually did have better fitness than I do this year, and it's just tough to be like, okay, I accepted that I was going to have some adjustment to the elite ranks, but it's like I can't even I can't even get the most out of myself, uh, and that makes it much much harder to really want to kill yourself for like three months. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely cyclocross can while it is a wonderful thing and i love it can can certainly be an emotional drain yeah well and it's like i you know for in my case wait not that anyone really cares about me and my racing but you know in in certainly in my case it's like i you know you have had a frustrating road season and then it's like it gets in your head right and then it's like as soon as things are not going right in like your next season because you know you spend the whole year i spent the whole year being like yeah cross season is going to be great i'm so excited because i had such a great cross season last year uh and then you know all through road season as it's being frustrating well that's okay september is going to get here and it's going to be time for cross and then september gets here and it's time for cross and you're like crap this isn't going like and you're like oh shit cross is really hard (laughs) yeah you're like oh i'm actually really tired like all the time (laughs) like i need to rest i mean i never got a proper reset and rest period and you're like oh (laughs) Yeah, and that uh, really takes the wind out of your sails, you know? Like, I guess that's like a general... You can apply that generally to, like, whatever, you know, you, the listener, 
are doing you know whether you're racing or doing something else right like you need sometimes to take a step back when when you're like oh man i'm just i'm just wrecked yeah and i'm I'm burned out you know i mean it's it's funny because like it cross is so intense and a lot of people want to do it you know a hundred percent and like you said there are kind of those those people who are able to do it and just have fun and enjoy themselves um but then uh you know it's also cross is a professional sport as well and i think it's it's easy to look at those people who do that at the very top level and look through kind of all the sacrifices they have to make to stay at that level and in a lot of ways how much it sucks to do um to do all that because you know it's like when you have a great race it's amazing and you know it's like you have all you know you get your um your hoorays and everyone is happy and your coach is happy and your team is happy but it's such like it's an emotional roller coaster because you have a bad race and then everything is terrible because your whole life is that sport um and so it's like it's it's you know it's not a life it's not a life for everybody yeah it's it's yeah it's tough and it is that you know even even last year it was that roller coaster of things going really good and then it's like i'm getting tired <laughs> and these races are getting harder you know and then and even when it's going well you're like you're in november and you're like wow i am i have not talked to my family in 3 months <laughs> cuz every weekend i've been off racing my bike yeah, yeah it's it's, uh, it's all consuming it's a black hole it is a literal black hole it's a black hole of cyclocross well um Boy, I I think that uh, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, before we do, I haven't we, we just in all the excitement haven't broken in to tell you about the Wide Angle Podium. Hey, Wide Angle Podium Network, go check it out. Uh, this is where we live. It's where there are a bunch of other fine fine podcasts. I was just listening earlier today to an episode of the Consummate Athlete. I realized this is you know the newest podcast on the network. Uh, and Peter, and I hadn't. Yeah, Molly, Molly uh, Hurlford and, and Peter Gla- Wait, is that right? Peter Glass... Glassford. Glassford. I, was, I wasn't sure if it was Ferd. They're both Ferds at the end. They're both Ferds. Yeah, I didn't want to get that wrong. And um, they're married but yeah, now. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> what? And they're married now. They're married now, yes. Yay, married. Woo! Yay. Um, hooray. So anyway, uh, yeah, you and Molly uh, certainly go back a bit, don't you? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Molly Molly and I definitely go back a bit. She's actually staying at my house tomorrow. Oh, yay, hooray. Well, if, if I if I was friends with her, I would say tell her to I say hi, but I actually do not know her at all. <laughs> uh, so, But anyway, um, but she seems lovely. But anyway, I was listening to their show, The Consummate Athlete. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty great. You should check that out. Um, I think they're doing some interesting things. Um, they're branching out past, uh, you know, cycling. There's a lot of cycling shows in the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, they are very good, and you should listen to them. Um, and they do talk about cycling on um, the Consummate Athlete. But they talk to people in other sports, too. And there's, uh, I, I think, a lot of thoughtful stuff. If you're interested in hearing about, um, I guess, the what it's like being an athlete and, and what people think about in other sports and how people approach their sports and just all kinds of things and how they learn it and... and uh, yeah, I would go check that out. So Absolutely. Go, yes. Yeah. So go to WideAnglePodium.com. Um, that's where you'll find us. Uh, become a member. Go to WideAnglePodium.com slash donate to to, uh, to do that, to become a member and uh, get access to bonus content. 
Um, you can also, you know, if you don't mind, go to iTunes, find us there, leave a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. We still have our special Francis Reads Your Review and a Strong Bad Voice promotion going on. Yep. You may have heard that. I will continue to um, do this. Yeah, if that appeals to you, uh, you know, go for it. Or, or you can, uh, or you can request in your review that we not read it out loud that is also okay oh that would make uh, me kind of sad but that's fine oh <laughs> but but if it means that you leave a review because you didn't want to you know you're a little bit nervous about having your words read out loud um, that is an option uh, and do not fear uh, we we will honor we will honor your request in that case i will only um, cry for 15 hours that's right uh all right so thank you for listening everybody um and I guess we'll catch you maybe a little bit late uh, after this one. We will see because I think that we would be due to have our next episode out on like the somewhere between the 17th and the 19th or something like that, given our schedule. But uh, I will have just gotten back from Europe during our recording window, and I will be very tired. Always tired. Always tired. Any any last words, Francis? Uh, you know, Greg, I'm wordless. Wordless. All right. We'll catch you all next time. Good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>